Welcome into Locked On Knicks. I'm Alex Wolf. He's Gavin Shaw, and we are back with the one and only Schwinnie Poo today. You might know him as at Schwinnie Poo on Twitter or from the various podcasts he's on for the Strickland, like Pod Strickland, Strick and Roll, or Knicks Mail.bag. And we are finishing our big picture discussion about the Knicks after this season with a clear mind. We decide to tackle a, a big, important topic today, Gavin. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going big picture here. The entire offseason, what our ideal um, summers look like. And Schwinn uh, takes it in a slightly different direction than Alex and I. He, he comes up with two uh, specific acquisitions that I loved and I think would really shore up this young infrastructure that the Knicks have. Uh, you want to find out the specifics? Tune in right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, up. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. All right, welcome into Locked On Knicks. We wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your podcast platform of choice or if you're checking us out on YouTube where you can see our beautiful faces every day and get a... Uh, you know, a, a look at us while we're talking rather than just to listen. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't, I don't know for sure yet. At any rate, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrict.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster, working on some lacks right now uh, in, in the throes of lacrosse season. And we are rejoined by the one and only Schwitty Poo from The Strickland, as I mentioned in the intro, hosts three podcasts there. Pod Strickland twice a week, uh, Strick and Roll once every other week, and Nick's Mail.Bag once every other week. The man's voice is out there everywhere, including on Twitter. Uh, so if you haven't heard him before, it, you certainly get three parts worth now to hear him plenty. But we're talking, as we said, about the the ideal Knicks offseason, what we want the Knicks to embrace and lean into going into this very critical offseason. So I won't hold this up anymore. Let's get into it right now on Locked on Knicks a lot of the discussions we've been having just sort of lead towards the final question that we want to cover here, which is what is your ideal off season look like in terms of roster construction? Right. So we've talked about, you know, I think we, we can all agree. We would love to see more of Emmanuel quickly next year. We would love to see more of Obi Toppin next year. Um, You know, so that's got to factor into this somehow. And maybe some of what you do is more just addition by subtraction, just do things that, free up more minutes for these players. I've heard the term so many times said of like, take Tibbs' toys away, which I just think is so stupid because there are good players on this team that if they were just used properly would be fine, such as Alec Burks uh, or even Evan Fournier with how, you know, he was sort of treated just like Reggie Bullock to start the season. And we saw down the stretch, once he was given a little more flexibility to, you know, get the ball and put it on the floor a little bit and, you know, look for bigs down low and, you know, be in, in playmaking situations. He was actually quite a bit better of a player. 
than he was earlier in the year when he was basically just, you know, reduced to a spot up guy, uh, which is just not the role that he plays. Um, so, you know, the, there's stuff to be said for that, too, that you might need to remove someone like an Alec Burks from the team just to stop Tibbs from playing him at point guard and force his hand to play Emmanuel quickly. Um, but there's other big decisions coming up this offseason. There's R.J. Barrett, extension eligible. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is an unrestricted free agent. You got to make a decision on him. Do you want to pay him? Do you want to look for sign and trade avenues? Which maybe leads into, you know, do you go after Jalen Brunson? Like, has IQ proved enough to be the starting point guard going forward? And, you know, do you want to, like, lean into just giving him a whole season? Or do you want to go out and if it's available to you, sign Jalen Brunson or sign and trade for him, perhaps using Mitch, perhaps using Fournier or or Burks or, you know, some combination of salaries, picks, whatever. You know, is it worth going after a Brunson or do you want to stick with Emmanuel quickly? Do you want to get off Randall no matter what, even if it's even if it's neutral value or whatever that may be, whatever, you know, his value is around the league right now or like just trade him for an expiring? Do you want to are you OK paying a, a second round pick or two to get off of him? Um, you know, does the team need more wings? Does the what should they do in the draft? I mean, there's so many questions. Um Gavin, I guess I'll throw it to you first. Like, how would you build your ideal offseason this moment? Which, obviously, like I said earlier in the show, like our minds are probably going to change a thousand times before the draft, even let alone free agency. Certain rumors will come out. If certain things start looking like inevitabilities, it'll affect how we look at things and and what we talk ourselves into. Um, you know, there's been number of a number of things. You know, once once rumors start flying around, all of a sudden. If things seem like an inevitability, we start talking ourselves into that as as the most, not only the most likely, but a good outcome, you know. But right now, the clear mind, postseason, you know, post regular season, just entering the off season. If you were going to build, uh, you know, we don't have to make this take forever because that's obviously like five shows potentially. All those various things that I just said, but yeah, wh- what would your ideal off season look like right now? I think it's, I think it's simple. I think, I mean, whenever we've talked about this earlier in the year, like there were a lot more like machinations and, and options I wanted to go through and, and, and guys, and maybe even more ambitious options. But at this point, like, like ruling out the unrealistic scenarios, right? Like, of course, I'd love to upgrade Evan Fournier into Zach Levine. 99% not going to happen. I think I'm basically okay with pushing Tibbs towards his best tendencies without, again, to your point, quote unquote, taking away all of his toys. And I mean, to me, that means just trading Julius Randle. I mean, not, not for negative value, but I do believe he, he's a neutral value contract just because free agency this year, there, there just are not a plethora of guys that have a second team all and be on their resume. And yeah, going forward, Julius Randle doesn't seem to be that player. That doesn't mean in a, in a better context on a different team, he can't be really helpful and his contract can't be very reasonable and that there are a myriad of teams out there that just in, in, in the normal run of things in free agency cannot get a Julius Randle and at a relatively neutral value would be willing to take a chance on him. So I, I do think is I do think he's tradable. Um, and I think he has to be gone because I just, I don't, I just from a, not even from an on the court perspective, from an off the court perspective, I don't think the direction that this thing is going with RJ is the number one guy and Emmanuel quickly, presumably eating up a, a bigger load of this offense this season from now. I don't see Julius being content with that. And I, I don't I don't think it works off the court. I don't think it works on the court. So I think he has to go um, beyond that. I think 
the the team that Schwinn mentioned and earlier this year, I can't remember, we brought it up to someone and they just said, you know, it's like it's pretty once in a generation that this happens. And that, that's the Memphis Grizzlies and just how exceptionally well they've drafted over the last five or six years to build the I mean, this depth that's relatively unreplicated throughout the NBA and this depth that is to Schwinn's point, all younger players. And and look, on the surface, the Knicks obviously do not have a John ja Morant. Um, they don't have a Jaron Jackson specifically in the type of impact that he makes. Obviously, you can argue RJ is maybe on a trajectory to be on a similar tier of player, but they, they don't have those two guys. But they do have all these intriguing young pieces. And I think to Schwinn's point, I don't think people around the NBA gauge or, or, or fully comprehend just how good these guys are and just how cleanly they fit together. Like I think Quentin Grimes in a couple of years, legitimately valuable piece, Emmanuel quickly, legitimately valuable piece, Obi top and legitimately valuable piece of all three of those guys in five years are making between, I don't know, 16 and $22 million a year. It's not going to blow me away. And I, I think they all fit together really well. And, and again, the great shame of the season is we didn't, we, again, we didn't get that sample size of those guys playing together and getting to see how they do against ideal competition. If, if that's all that next season is, that's, that's fine with me because it is sustainable. It is the type of building that the Knicks haven't pursued in at least two decades. And I, I would be a shame if those guys, if, if you just never get to see what those guys are together. And even if the ultimate result of that is you're packaging a couple of them for a star, that's what the entire other crowd of Knicks fans in, in the opposite perspective of this have claimed that they've wanted the whole way around. So I, I see that as a clear win-win. I think the best way to pursue that is to add a guy in the draft and players in free agency that just further shore up that infrastructure. Bobby Portis is a name I've thrown out before. If you get rid of Randall, I wouldn't mind him as the alternating option with Obi top and a power forward. Maybe the amount of money he's going to command after a fantastic shooting season in Milwaukee makes that a little bit untenable, but I think adding more shooting at the big spots makes a whole lot of sense. I think re-signing Mitchell Robinson, if it's at a semi-reasonable number, maybe anything like 15, 16, 17 million, um, I'm good with that. I, I still think Jericho needs a little bit more time to develop before he's a number one center, even though he already does some stuff that Mitch doesn't do well. Um, but all of that is to say, I think just shoring up what the Knicks already have and giving those guys a real chance to play big minutes together. That's all I want. I, I don't think I need anything more complicated than that. All right, Alex, we're going to continue talking about our ideal offseason in just a sec. But first, I want to remind everyone that when you have when you listen to this podcast, you have an opportunity to make some money. And if you want to do that, you need to go to betonline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Alex, the, the odds that intrigued me the most were the NBA Finals MVP odds. My, my, my guy, my dude, I talked to him on his first day in Phoenix, uh, Devin Booker, um, he is the favorite with 11 to 2 odds, followed by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. Personally, I kind of like Giannis there because I, I think the Bucs are going to repeat as NBA champions. And I think he's just so, he's so clearly the main guy in the Bucs. But who, who stands out to you on that list? I was going to say, give me Giannis again, too. Giannis times two, baby. I, I think there's, there's no other guy. The Bucs are going to repeat. And Giannis is, of course, going to win MVP because who else could unless – Unless there's some crazy like Andre Iguodala first Warriors championship level hype train that builds up for Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or something. I don't see how it could be anybody but Giannis. So I got Giannis too. I, I thought you were about to drop Grayson Allen in there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you too. Uh, so head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. 
But but Schwinn, where where would you go with your ideal offseason? I mean, this ideal offseason, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I would trade. I don't even know how this. I think you can do this. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Jeremy's not here. He can yell at me if it's wrong. Um, I would try to do like sign and trade Mitch and Burks and like three or four first round picks or something like that for DeAndre Ayton. Um, and then I would trade Randall for Malcolm Brogdon straight up. I think that's possible. Um, and then I would just tell Kemba Walker that his services are no longer needed and he should stay home. Uh, and I would desperately, I would definitely move Derek Rose for a first round pick or something of that ilk. Uh, and I would then just let the kids play it out. Um, that's what I think. Fournier can be the one staying. Uh, preferably, if Phoenix would want Fournier instead of Burks, they could have him. Uh, I'd prefer to keep Burks. But if we're doing like pine this guy, somewhat realistic offseason, but probably not in any 99% scenario, um, that would be one. But like very realistically, yeah, I mean, basically everything you said, I just think it's really important to get a lot of these veterans out of here. Uh, Randall has to go. He has to go. I don't think this franchise can move forward in a productive way with him here and with Tibbs as the coach. If you had changed the coach, then maybe I could see it because a different coach might be willing to use Randall at the five, uh, mix and match more. And I think like, I, I don't, I, Jason Buford, uh, he wrote this yesterday for SB nation. Uh, but he was talking about how the strength of this team should have been with all these young guys and all these flexible pieces leaning into different lineups and constantly working the margins and that is ultimately like probably never going to happen with Tibbs, but I still think you want to force his hand to play these young guys who are the more flexible players in the roster um, more. And to that effect, like I like Fournier fine, but I think Burks is a lot more flexible of a player. Um, and unlike Fournier, he gives you value in ways that are go beyond his scoring because he's actually a pretty solid defensive player. Um, he's more capable, I think, of creating a shot effectively than Evan is, which is Evan's shot creation is hilarious and weird all at the same time. Um, I, I like Burks. I think he's a more flexible player. I think he's also a lot easier of a player to like move to the bench if you want him to. Um, so I, I would prefer to keep him and I think move Fournier if that's possible. I don't know what team would want Fournier, but I also don't think his contract is a negative. Um, I think it was weird how it was being portrayed at the deadline. I definitely don't think it's a negative contract. Um, I kind of want them to move Rose regardless this offseason. I think he has value in trade. I think contenders will look at him, and I don't think the injury will put them off too much because, look, there's no way to know this, but it certainly felt like the Knicks told him, hey, why don't you just get this other surgery? Uh, and not play the rest of the year. Like I don't think he had a certain. I don't think he's injury prone in the way that teams would worry about him being out for the season all the time. Uh, I think he's already shown that he can be. Yeah, you'll have to manage him, but if you keep him in shape for the playoffs, he's a real weapon. I think for a lot of contending level teams, like you look at the stuff that, um, you know, you look at like Milwaukee's bench right now, for example. I think they could use a guard like him. There are so many teams that can use a guard like him. So, um, and we already saw last year 
in his playoff stint, he was a really, really effective scorer for us in the playoffs still. So um, I, I would, I, I would at least shop him. I think, see what's out there. Um, and if a contending level team is interested in him, see if he's down to, to move and, and move on from him, but um, not desperate to move him. I just think he has value. That would be interesting to, to gauge his value on Kemba. I just don't care. I, he just needs to go. He is so bad. I never want to see him play for the Knicks ever again. Um, I don't even know if he should play NBA basketball ever again. Just terrible, terrible player at this point in his career. Um, Noel, get him out. I don't care what you got to do. He's got to go. But like, I think ultimately they need to be ruthless this offseason. And I mean ruthless in the sense of like, you have assembled, like, you know, Leon talked about this in that uh, pregame interview he did with Breen, where he's like, we have nine players that are 24 years or younger, whatever the hell the number was. And it's like, yeah, you do. And now it's on you to create pathways for them to be in the rotation and play a lot of minutes. And if that means you have to trade Burks for a second round pick and an expiring contract instead of two second round picks, so be it. If that means you got to give away Derrick Rose for free, so be it. If that means that you got to attach, the Knicks have like 7,000 second round picks. If that means you got to attach a couple to move off of Kemba and move off of Noel, so be it. I don't care. But you have to clear out time and you've got to take away these vets that you know if they're still here, Tibbs is going to justify playing them way too much um, and take away minutes from guys that quite frankly, are better options and, and need those minutes because our the Knicks' path to building a contender is 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 based on that. It's based on developing these young guys, upping their value, um, and and seeing what they can do. Because at the very least, even if you think that they're going to cap out as like a 45, 46, 47 win team or something like that, um, if you play them a lot, that will up their value. And that's how you get into the market for trading for a star. Um, that really moves the baseline. And that's the biggest thing they can do because to me, they wasted this year in a lot. They wasted a golden opportunity to, to, to play quickly in Obi a lot this year, way more than they did. Um, and, and you just cannot have another year like this one where you're just treading water and really wasting time with young players who deserve, like this is not like when we were hoping, you know, Frank and Knox and these guys could make it happen. Like this is a much different collective group of young players you know we talked about quickly and obi a lot grimes is really good i think deuce has shown flashes when he's gotten minutes i'm not as sold on him as like people that were really high in pre-draft like prez and stacy are but i've been pretty impressed by the flashes i've seen of his and i would have liked to seen him get more minutes sims has been really really impressive to me um i think the growth he's shown from when we first saw him uh, in summer league and in that first game against the Celtics to where he finished the season was super impressive. Like I, I can't say enough about his development. Um, even cam in his limited time in New York, he's not a player I've been super high on previously, but I was pretty impressed by some of the things he did in New York. And he obviously has a physical profile that we desperately need and, and don't have um, we didn't have on the roster this year. Like one of the reasons those Hornets games really stood out to me is we didn't have a big wing really. Um, and I think cam, the way he moves at his size is pretty unique. Like I want to see him get more minutes, you know, like all these young guys, they're fun. Like they, it, it can be a fun team. And like, ultimately at the end of it, we can sit here and talk about championship odds and developing a contender and all this stuff. It's supposed to be fun. Like, you know, it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience watching this 
year was not enjoyable because it was stupid. It served no purpose in the long term, and you actively sabotaged your own chances of improving the franchise's short and long term future by how Tibbs coached it. And you have to avoid that. So, like this offseason is so firmly in it, it, it is it is all on the front office to do, especially because they kept Tibbs. So that's their choice. They kept this coach. Now you got to figure out how to optimize the roster in the best way possible moving forward. And if that means you got to take a hit on some of these vets and not maximize their trade value, so be it. Because that's not really what's important anymore for this team. I will be right back in to finish up this long-reaching conversation with Schwinn, finishing up our final thoughts on what we want the Knicks to do this offseason. But this episode is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 50 50. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Race sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, you know, I, I referenced this, you know, when I was on, on Strick and Roll with you, and you just, you just invoked the same names. Like, the young players on this team don't feel at all the same to me as like Kevin Knox or Frank Nilakina, as much as I still love Frank to this day. You know what I mean? Like Knox and Frank, we were talking ourselves into, you know, it, everything was what ifs, you know, it was, mm-hmm. well, what if, you know, Frank really puts it together and he starts being an aggressive scorer and this, that, the other. And, you know, we've seen the defensive potential, but like if he just does this, that, the other, and like completely changes his mentality, he could be amazing. Or like, you know, as like a role player or whatever. And, you know, with Knox, it was like you were just talking yourself into the flashes of like one 30-point game stranded in the middle of, you know, uh, 20 Fisdale games where Fisdale had him shooting 20 shots a night and making like six of them and, you know, trying to create for himself, which just would, it was not what he was designed to do. Um, you know, and all in all, him looking pretty lost on the defensive end a lot of the time and stuff like that. That's just not the case with the guys that are on this team. Like every single one of the young players, I think at some point this season uh, showed for a stretch, you know, not even just for like a single game. The only guy you can maybe push back on this is like Cam Reddish, but just by virtue of the fact that he was never played enough to ever come to these sort of conclusions. But like, you know, everyone from quickly, you know, Toppin, RJ, um, you know, Grimes had so many great stretches, even Deuce McBride during that brief starting stretch before he also caught COVID, you know, they all showed these flashes that made you say, okay, you know, I think that there's really something here. And even Deuce with like not getting a ton of playtime after that, but getting some playtime late in the season, even if he wasn't shooting fantastically great, um, you know, he was tops in the impact numbers, you know, he and quickly, for their limited sample size together, had like one of the best uh, on off and net ratings and everything else together of like 
not just players on the Knicks, but like the entire NBA. You know, those two guys played so well together in, in terms of the pressure that they were creating, uh, you know, on defense and the, you know, the skill set that they brought to the offense. So there's something here and it needs to be explored. And, you know, even if you re-sign Mitch and, you know, I don't know if I'm totally with you. Like, I think that the DeAndre Ayton plan you laid out is is a little more lofty than I would go, though. I understand you really love DeAndre Ayton. Like, I I don't know that I would give up more than like an A first to get him. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't, he doesn't speak to me enough where I'd be like, Oh, let's let's you know do it, uh, you know, and and just give up the whole farm for him. I, I I just don't totally see it. I think he's a great impact player. I don't know that I think that he impacts the game that much more than like just re-signing Mitch for a lower a lower cap figure, uh, and just rolling with him and saving three first round picks or whatever. But regardless, you know, if you if you re-sign Mitch, if you go after someone like an Eaton, make sure it's a young player. You know, if you're going to make a, a splash, do it that way, and you know, in the draft kind of just go. I mean, I think my personal preference would be to go after someone that could spell Obi, you know, once you trade Randall, um, and, you know, whether that's a, like a Tar Eason, if he's available, if it's like, I haven't done a ton of research into him yet, but like Jeremy Sochan, you know, seems like a good, a, a good opportunity to go after someone like that. Could, that could be high energy and bring you similar stuff that, uh, Obi brings you as like your starting four man, or maybe you, you know, just go best player available. Maybe there's like a Dyson Daniels available who we started talking about recently. Um, you know, maybe Jalen Duran falls, you know, and, and ends up being available at 12 and you just take him and then say, you know what? Screw it. That's our, that's our center solution. Now we're going to go with him and Jericho Sims and, and let the cards fall where they may, but now we're saving a ton of money for like four years or at least like the length of, of Sims's contracts, like another, I think three years beyond this, or actually, no, he's technically on a two way. So I don't know how that would work. I don't know. You'd have to figure out. I think, I think they'll, they'll end up converting that contract. Um, that's what, that's what the word on the street is. Yeah. Um, So just, just make him a regular minimum player. And and just for the record, like in any normal scenario of this off season, I would retain Mitch even with all of my reservations about him. I just think there's no like clear path at center really without him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of different avenues you can go, but I think that the core tenet that I think that we all agree on is basically just, you have to lean into what you have with these young players. Like you don't draft guys like this to let them rot on the bench. You know, the, the, everything that the, the Knicks have done in the Rose era so far, as far as drafting has been, I think a huge win, you know, they've, they've, in my opinion, totally knocked out of the park, two straight drafts, you know, and, and you still have a guy in, in a Jokobitis overseas that right. it, yeah. is killing it over there too, that you could bring over at some point. I mean, I think, I, I think that there's a real outline here of like, I don't want to go so far as to say that the Knicks have like a, this outline of like a, uh, like a, like a early 2010 thunder or something like that, where you're going to have like three future MVPs come out of this group or something. But I think that there is a real nucleus here that you could say, like, you know, I, I don't think the Grizzlies comp is that far off. You know, I, I don't th- I think there's a world where Obi in a different way can give you, you know, the same level of impact as a starter as like a Jaron Jackson Jr. And I think that there's a world where R.J. Barrett, you know, fully entrusted and taking like one more leap can give you like John Morant level impact and where Emmanuel quickly can 
be as impactful as like a Desmond Bain. And again, in a different way, it's not, these aren't all one-to-one analogous things, but like giving you the, those levels of impact. Um, so I, I think you have to at least see if you have that. And the only way to do that is to just say, look, maybe we're not going to win every single trade, but um, you know, we got to make, we got to make some of these trades this off season and, and just trim the fat of these veterans that Tibbs can't seem to get enough of. And open up the playtime to have these young players play in addition to the lottery pick that you're going to be adding and maybe whoever you add in free agency as well. But that that's my main plan. I, I think it's more just an outline than a concrete plan right now. But that's that's what I want to see their mentality be, because if to your point, if you're if you've made this decision already that you're going to stick with Tibbs, at least into the start of next season, you got to, for lack of a better term, save him from himself, which stinks to have to do with a coach. But you have to present him a roster where you say, look, you have no choice but to play these young players. And we think they're really talented. We don't really care what you think. And, and you know, you need to just lean into this and let's see what we have this year. Because clearly last year did not work. Here's a million zillion lineup data things that tell you otherwise that your approach wasn't working. You know, figure it out this year. And if you're not willing to, and if you play the <laughs> end of bench guys that we keep here, like just for kicks you know like uh, as far as veterans go then you know we're gonna we're gonna have to have a real discussion about whether you're still gonna coach this team going forward because there's too much young talent on this team to overlook at this point yeah and and just real quick like um you mentioned like you know you got to just bite the boat on some of these trades like it's like randall like i don't care that he was an all-star and all nba and most approved player and that you gave him a contract and we made a big deal about it and he was supposed to be the franchise player like it doesn't fucking matter because like that is what happened and plans adjust. And like, like they adjusted when Randall had the season he had, right. They adjusted to that because they were like, Holy shit. Like probably got to pay him now. Like he just had this crazy great season. Like we can't let him walk. You adjusted. Now you have to adjust again. Like, I don't care what you can get for him. It is an addition by subtraction. As far as I see it, you drafted Obi top and eighth overall. The original plan was pretty clearly that he was going to replace Randall. I don't care what Randall said in a, podcast with JJ Reddick that Leon and you know Wes and they all figured this out and they had this heart tart conversation and they hired guys to get the best out of him. I think that's all bullshit. Like they their plan was make the best of it with Julius for a year and move on from him with Obi as the future for that changed. It should change back now. They were right the first time. Move on. Like it there is value in just dumping him and letting Obi be a guy. Because I'll tell you this much. Obi, when he doesn't hit threes, he can still score efficiently. I don't know if Julius can score efficiently if he can't shoot threes. Because we haven't seen any evidence of it in New York. Like, we just haven't. Obi, even when he's not hitting threes at a high clip, he can score efficiently. So, if nothing else, that's a positive. And then you just look at all the... I mean, there's literally not a single stat this year that suggests Randall did something better than Obi. as, As far as, like actual impact on how the team plays so yeah it's cool that he averaged 20 10 and 5 i don't care that he averaged five assists because that came at the expense of like actual ball and player movement and and cohesive team play you know um the 20 and 10 you know the 20 a super inefficient 20 the 10 probably a bunch of those on rebounds he's ripping away from teammates um i'll take obi leaking out getting easy buckets in transition over that i'll tell you that um so i just don't care i think you got to move on from him and if you move on from him, I, I really think it it 
clarifies so much of what you need to do moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have much to add. I think, I think Schwinn summed it perfectly. I'll, I'll finish up on on what I said last podcast. Like, if if the Knicks are like a a lump of a lump of clay or like a rock, whatever, whatever a sculpting analogy you want to make, there's there's something there's something great within there. It's it's sort of the ultimate limits test of the front office on like if they if they choose to carve it out correctly or if they choose to make like the ugly deformed thing that we saw this season and and just just keep running with that. Yeah, I I think that's. Uh... Good to note as any to end on. So, Schwinn, thanks so much for for popping on, man, for taking all the time to talk about these big questions going into the offseason. Like I said, this is like this is like our, you know, most pure version of this because it's it's all gonna get polluted as the offseason goes on by what we hear and you know what we're what we're seeing happen and, and various rumors and stuff. And as we talk ourselves into certain things, I know like you and I and 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 Gavin, you know, we've all uh, are perfectly happy to admit that we talk ourselves into things just because, like, at a certain point, you just accept the inevitable and and start, you know, talking yourselves into whatever. But I, I liked this sort of sober look at uh, at what we think the Knicks should be doing, and hopefully, they follow some sort of blueprint of it because I think we're all in agreement, and most people, and it seems like a lot of prominent voices in the front office, if some of the reporting from like our buddy Berman is to be believed think as well that you know the young players need more time and that a lot of what didn't work this season was Tibbs's rigidity as far as that goes but Schwinn do you want to let everybody know uh real quick one more time where to find you online um you know where to find your work all the various podcasts and all that stuff before we sign off yeah uh you can uh you can find me at Schwinnipu on Twitter um I often do, I often write words. Uh, actually, no, I don't often write words. I very infrequently write words at the Strickland, um, but you can check out all the pods and stuff like that over there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to plug. So that's that. Cool. Well, thanks so much for popping on. Pop, blah, 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 popping on, man. It's been a long podcast. Uh, <laughs> we will be back with plenty more offseason coverage for you guys on Locked on Knicks. So keep your ears out for that. Uh, But till next time, thank you all for listening. Peace out. Talk to you all soon.